0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. I'm going to be doing a quick book review on Carrie Williams's Reactive Attachment Disorder, The Essential Guide for Parents. I read this one a long time ago. This is kind of like my little book that I take with me when I go to my meetings, when I go meet people at the school. Whenever I am dealing with people who don't really understand Reactive Attachment Disorder, I take this little book with me. It is just a great way of being able to simplify and it, you know, give the information to someone in a, in an amount that they can ingest without having to interpret. It's kind of just straightforward, really good. So it's about 70, 71 pages long. Um, I really like how. This is just from her personal perspective about how it showed up. Now, she is the author of But He Spit in My Coffee, and I did a book review of that a little bit earlier. And so she's coming from a place where she's saying, Hey, this is what it looked like. This is what it showed up as. Um, Here's what you can do. Here's how you be proactive. Here's how you keep yourself safe, and here's how you take care of yourself. And I just think. That for people who don't understand reactive attachment disorder, this is the book to give them. So if grandma isn't understanding, if dad isn't understanding, dad can ingest 71 pages of information and help them to understand because you're not going to find this from your therapist. It came from a mom and that was really helpful. So... she goes on and starts with her story and then gives an explanation of what reactive attachment disorder is and how it starts. It's really very, very, very simple. And yet that is what I think makes it so easy to ingest by anybody that you give it to. So she starts on page 10 talking about the symptoms and she includes inhibited symptoms, disinhibited symptoms, the lying, the violent outbursts, and I love this part here because this is gets lost in translation when you're explaining it to people. And She says, children with reactive attachment disorder don't tantrum, they rage. These episodes can last up to several hours, includes screaming, spitting, and other destructive behaviors. They've been known to put holes in walls, rip doors off of hinges, and climb out of moving vehicles, even at young ages. Yep. So physical aggression is also another one, food hoarding and gorging, playing with urine and feces, stealing, being superficially charming, being manipulative, lacking boundaries, all of those things. So then she goes on to talk about, you know, getting a diagnosis. This is also a really great book for anyone who has just received this, like diagnosis for their child. I really like in page 22, how she talks about, you know, there's the nurturing enemy mom. So this is when the reactive attachment child picks the primary parent and then they hate them and they get angry. And it talks about how some moms get PTSD and have anxiety and depression from raising kids like this. And one of the quotes she has in there on page 23 says it's from a rad parent and it just says, I'm so tired of being on high alert. <laughs> like, Yeah. You get so tired of being on high alert. So she also talks about duped dad. And that's kind of the triangulation and how the child hides the behaviors from the other parent, the suffering siblings. And sometimes people refer to these kids as glass children. And I should actually talk about that sometime because it is not a joke about how ignored all of your other children are. So you are trying so hard to help this one child that your other children are just seen through. And it's heartbreaking and it's terrible. And it really makes you resent things a lot more because of course you value all of your children. And then it talks about, you know, how to get help. Now this again, I have a hard time with because she talks about therapy. She also had her child institutionalized. And I use that not as a I mean, I'm not criticizing her for this. I think that she did the absolute best thing for her family. But I also think the ways that you get support if your child is in a facility versus outside of a facility are two different things. And so she's got a lot of a lot of good experience. She has here a word of caution about things that are more than 10 years old because she thinks some things that were recommended to her didn't work for her and some aren't going to, and you need to understand that. But she has a chapter on, you know, being proactive and, and how to kind of manage your life when you have this in your face all the time. And safety. One of the things I don't think we talk a lot about is when you have a hard kid, you know you put the cameras inside your house and you have alarms and you have locks on things and you have to compartmentalize so much of your life because if you don't it is a super super inconvenience but bigger than that it's it's dangerous it is a safety situation in a lot of reasons whether it's safe for yourself or safe for the other kids inside your home you have to protect yourself and your other children it's 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 something you just have to do but i really love the very end in chapter 10 where she talks about ugly truths that you must know and <laughs> you guys about the violence and about how child on parent violence and how you know you can press criminal charges and how you don't have to beat yourself up about not having the types of feelings that you thought you would have for your child it's not the same kind of relationship. Now, I, I think a lot of people think that that's horrifying, but I can tell you, the parent thinks it's horrifying. The parent doesn't want this. The parent wants that child to love them and they want to love that child. They want it to be just exactly like it is with their other kids. It's just not. And it pretending that it is going to be or pretending that there's some right way and self-righteous way that it's supposed to be doesn't help because it's not. It's kind of indicative of a long time ago, people thought that autistic children were supposed to still behave a certain way because society really wanted that. When we found out that the wiring doesn't allow that, that's the situation here now there are some things that you can do to regulate your child and bring them into a more calm place and that includes you know building the trust and building you know in a in a way taking away the love because the love is just something that is so insulting to these children and you don't you can't explain that to the average parent because That's so astronomically left field and out of nowhere for normal parents of normal children. But these kids, it doesn't help. It actually hurts a lot of them to show them the typical types of love and to have that relationship that you have with your other kids. Now it's a two-edged sword because they also recognize that they don't have that and they recognize that the other kids like it. And so You have to find a really unique balance in the way that you raise your child. But I've said before, and I'll say again, taking away that expectation of love and taking away the expectation to give love, which is a normal parenting thing to do, is actually very helpful to a lot of these kids because it's too much for them to process. And they need to sort of go back to the very beginning on how to figure this out. When you're throwing them into a situation where you're like, love conquers all. It does. It just doesn't show up in the in the cutesy ways that you think it does. It shows up by waking up in the morning and still being for your, there for your child, who is absolutely horrible to you and has threatened to kill you. And I say that my daughter has threatened to kill me, but in a very psychotic way but a lot of these parents their children are genuinely physically dangerous genuinely physically difficult there was even a story that came out on the news about how a child who was adopted and never bonded with their parents just took the lives of their adoptive parents because they didn't like them and they didn't get the things that they wanted and and it it becomes such a big thing that these parents really do fear for their lives. They fear for the lives of their children. And they it's a very scary place to be. So when you're talking to people, and they don't understand this book by Carrie Williams is an excellent way to give them just a blip to say, you know what, this is a serious mental illness. I don't need you diminishing this mental illness. Here is this book short, sweet, to the point, gives you all the information that you need. Because you know, they're not going to research it would be lovely if they did. But they don't. Well, we're going to keep this episode as short and sweet as this essential guide for parents by Carrie Williams. And I'm going to say I fully recommend this book. I can't say that enough take it, get two copies. I have two, I actually have three copies and I take them around to the different places and I have an extra copy just in case somebody keeps it for a while and never gives it back to me. So highly recommended. I wish you all the best. This is a hard journey and I really hope this guide from Carrie Williams will make it just a little bit easier for you. Until next time, thanks for joining.